Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com, or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. Good evening, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic, and welcome to this week's show. As always, new content drops every Thursday night. Visit the MetalMayhemROC.com website for all show information. There you'll find a drop-down box with past episodes. Download them, check them out, review them. Last week, we had the Ozzy Osbourne podcast, the celebration of the 40-year anniversary of the Randy Rhodes and Ozzy appearance on After Hours. Check that out. It's It's a good one. We heard from some of our devout listeners that are huge Randy Roach fans and Ozzy fans. And we want to thank them for correcting us. There seems to be a bit of a little confusion as to if that was actually Don Airy playing keyboards and our Ozzy and Rhodes uh, experts are saying that it was in, instead Lindsay Bridgewater. So um, we're checking it out and we want to thank the listeners for fact checking us. That's uh, good stuff and we appreciate it. Tonight's show, we catch up with James Rivera, lead singer of the Houston metal band Hellstar. Came around in the mid-80s. The band has a brand new album out called Clad in Black. So we caught up with James. Great interview. Um, Metal Mayhem ROC correspondent Southern Kale does the interview with me tonight. And we talk about, again, the new Clad in Black talk about some of his other side projects, his connection and experience up in Rochester. It's a good listen. We're spending the month of May doing some of the interviews with some of these other bands from the 80s that are releasing really positive and kick-ass new material. So Metal Forever Mark, he's on assignment. He'll be here next week. We're doing a special on European metal, and we have a new correspondent to introduce. His name is Exciter. And he's an expert on European metal. So that's next week. Southern Kale's with me tonight. Uh, but before we get to that, I have on the line a good friend of ours, Mark James from Metal Mark's Vault and Audio Aggression, a internet radio show with us today. He's going to give us a little history and his knowledge of Hellstar. Hey, Mark, uh, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. How are you? Oh, hey, John. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Of course. So uh, we go back to the 80s. We're going to be talking with James Rivera of Hellstar later in the show, and he's going to be telling us about the new release and Clad in Black, how he's into vampires and all that gory stuff. But uh, (laughs) I invited you on today because you're our go-to connoisseur and metal expert on uh, hell, I'm gonna not even gonna lie to you. A hell of a lot more than I know. That's why we lean on you. So, <laughs> give us a little uh, quick cliff notes on Hellstar and what you know about the band. Okay. Well, first of all, the band um, is is from Houston, Texas. Uh, they formed in 1981. Uh, they released their first demo in 1983, and then they had a live demo in '83 that same year. And then, of course, they had their debut full-length, Burning Star, in '84. Uh, followed by Remnants of War in 86, and then the classic A Distant Thunder from 88, and Nasratu in uh, 89. Then in 1990, they had a, uh, a, a demo called Demolition, and then in 93, they released a promo demo in 93. And then in 95, there was a full line called Multiples of Black, which which uh, that, got, that album got kind of mixed reviews on that. Um, and then after that particular album, there was a live album released in 2000 called Twas, Twas the Night of a Hellish Christmas. And then there was a split. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just laughing. It's uh, one hell of a uh, Twas the Night of a Hellish Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there was a split release in 2001 called The James Rivera Legacy that featured Hellstar and Vigilante uh, on that split release. And then there was, um, they released a video in 2006 called Burning Alive. 
And then they had two full lengths in 2007 and 2008, Sins of the Past and The King of Hell. And then there was a box set in 2010 called Rising from the Grave. And then they also released Glory of Chaos that same year. Then there was a video released in 2012 called 30 Years of Hell. And then The Wicked Nest came out in 2014, another full length. And then Vampiro, that was released in 2016. And then their mm-hmm. latest album, Clan in Black, that's a two-CD set that was released back in late February on Massacre Records. And on disc number two, that is the, that comes with that, it's the Vampiro album. So... So there's your discography right there in a nutshell. <laughs> Back in the 80s, uh, I was on board with the with the first three or four releases. Right. You know, and um, the Burning Star and the Remnants of War. Yes. And then, you know, and then, and then like after 89, the band, did they break up or did they just, uh, they didn't put anything out until 95? Well, what happened? See, they, the band never officially split up. But they went into a period of minimal activity uh, following uh, the release of Multiples of Black in 95. And then the band reunited for one show in 2001 at the Bang Your Head Festival in Germany. And then they eventually reunited in 2006 with the Remnants of War lineup. Now, James uh, James Rivera, the lead singer and one of the founders, he's all over the place. He spent time in vicious rumors, uh, uh, he has side projects, even to this day. It's really a sign of the times. These guys are all over the place with different side projects. Uh, wh- what's going on with uh, how much of the original band has made it back in this last couple releases of This Wicked Nest and Vampio and even now Clad in Black? How much of the original lineup is still intact? Well, uh, Larry Berrigan on guitars. Uh, he is still with the band. He was with them from 81 through 95, and then he rejoined them in 2006. And, of course, you got James Rivera from the, since the beginning. And yep. then that's it. It's just Larry and James. And then they have three new newer members. Uh, Michael Lewis is on drums, and uh, Garrick Smith is on bass now, and Andrew Atwood is also on guitar. The new one is a... It's three new songs, and then they repackaged the uh, Vampiro right. uh, release from 2016 that, unfortunately, um, the band decided to repurpose it because it sort of went under the radar. Yeah, you're right. They decided to do that because it, they they just felt that maybe – you're right. It didn't get the attention before, but now hopefully with this two-CD set, it, it'll draw more attention now. and. And on that disc one, you have three new songs and three cover songs. And then you get the Vampiro disc on disc number two. If you were to summarize to someone that's not familiar with a Hellstar, how would you categorize them? What kind of example of a mixture of bands would they be? Well, I don't know about naming other bands, but I could tell you easily that they're pretty much uh, you know, traditional heavy slash power slash speed metal. I, I think it, you know, uh, you know, and you know, they have some melodic stuff as well. You know, kind of like I don't kind of like old Queensrÿche, I guess you could say maybe. Um, but I would definitely, this, they're definitely um, a power speed metal band without any question. Tell us a little bit about your show. Remind us where we could find it and when is it on? Uh, metal March Vault Friday nights, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. Uh, the best in rare, obscure, and classic metal. You could tune in for that live at metalmark.myl2mr.com. If you miss the live show, you can check out the podcast at mixcloud.com slash metalmark52. Then Saturday nights, audio aggression, same time, same station. The best in current and upcoming metal releases from the worldwide metal underground. So make sure you tune in and join us. All right, Mark. Well, um, stay safe. Keep it heavy, and we will talk with you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for having me on again. You're welcome. Talk to you soon, buddy. Bye. Bye. There you have Mark James. Again, his show's on Friday and Saturday nights. Mark's Metal Vault and Audio Aggression. Go to the Metal Mayhem ROC website under show notes, and you'll have those uh, addresses handy. So we're going to take a little break, and then when we come back, we're going to have James Rivera of Hellstar. 
I'm the Vernomatic, and you're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, friends of the Metal Mayhem ROC podcast, Vernomatic here, inviting you to get those horns up and to join us live Monday night, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time for Metal Mayhem ROC Live. We crack the vaults open and play the best of the metal for the last 50 years, get in the chat room, meet other bangers from around the world, send me a request, and I'll get it on for you. That's Metal Mayhem ROC Live with me. The Vernomatic, Monday nights, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on NetMetalStation.com. This is James the Bear from Hellstar. You're listening to Vernomatic with Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey! Listen up. Now get that popcorn ready and grab a seat. Do it! As the Vernomatic presents this week's feature interview exclusively here on Metal Mayhem ROC. So today we have a treat for you, folks. We have James Rivera, lead singer of Hellstar, as well as countless other projects over the course of the last 35 years. The band has a new release out there called Clad in Black. James, it's an honor. Welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Well, thank you for having me, man. Thank you so much for having me. I've just been, uh, I've been overwhelmed, you know, uh, with the amount of, uh, interviews and stuff that we're getting from the U.S. for a change. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in the U.S., we still have your back. James, I want to uh, welcome you and introduce you to my, one of my producers is joining us today. It's Southern Cal from Melbourne, Florida. Hello, James. Uh, this is Southern Cal here. I'd like to just say thank you for taking the time to join us today. We appreciate it. How are, uh, how's everything going out there in Houston and everything? Is everybody kind of getting back to normal a little bit out there? Yes. I mean, after so many, um, so many beatings from, you know, uh, a, a creature from outer space called COVID. Right. And then, you know, and then Houston and well, Texas in general had this unusual every 35 year uh, bizarre freeze and really screwed up a lot of things so i mean yeah. it, it's been a rough ride and uh you know but life is getting slowly back to normal um i think that we're one of the first states to open up everything 100 percent um and, you know i i you know i can see that people are going out more um you know but it it's just uh one of those situations where i think a lot of people still are nervous about being around people and in public and all that kind of thing you know tell you in florida where it's like we're wide open down here that everybody's uh, almost back to normal we finally got some concerts uh coming coming to town which is nice to oh, get great. back into that gigs again and things like that so i'm glad everybody's doing good and it's uh good to hear that well yeah. uh, we're jealous up here in new york because our bars still close at 11 o'clock and you know it's uh yeah it's the other way but you know what we're working our way there you know what? We're here to talk metal. We're here to talk Hellstar. So tell us about uh, Clad in Black. Looks like you have a new uh, promotional business angle with the band. Tell us about it. Well, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, um, when we, uh, we Clad in Black was supposed to be out in July, <laughs> last July, you know, basically. And the single was supposed to be out in May. But Clad in Black was, you know, when I I um, uh, had the conversation with uh, Thomas from Massacre Records and, uh, you know, it was looking good for Hellstar to go back with the German labels. Um, you know, I kind of just started thinking about, yeah, you're right. I, I wanted to make a different move on the chessboard for a change. And, you know, although Hellstar will not be one of those bands that's going to be stadium size uh, type of uh, band. But on the other hand, we've been around so long that I think that we've probably already earned uh, a home in everybody's hearts, whether they like us or not, as far as a band, a, a band that's been around and a legacy. So with that being said, Hellstar never did ever release a, like a single, a seven inch, you know, a seven inch type thing. I mean, Arn Maiden did 30 of them, you know, and you know, I can think of millions of bands and we've never done an EP We've never really like uh, had fun and, you know, let's, let's go back to our garage days and, 
Let's give people a taste of what we were raised on and experiment a little bit and have fun. Sure. And um, while we're at it, we'll keep giving them a piece or two of the Snickers bar, but not the whole Snickers bar yet. Okay. <laughs> so that's the way, that's why we started adding, you know, we were from the get go. We always, you know, that was the plan was I wanted um, to um, release, you know, another, uh, two, another batch of two more new songs because Black Wings came out, you know, in October and it had a cover on the other side. Well, they're, they're both on the EP, but then we added two more new songs, two more new covers. And then the other thing was when Vampiro came out, or as the correct way to say it, Vampiro, you know, so when Vampiro came out, um, you know, we, we were experimenting, getting off the German label, and we finally realized that maybe it wasn't a great idea, because although uh, EMP really loves Hellstar, they, you know, they did as much as they could, I just think ammunition-wise, they, they were a new label. So it, it kind of backfired on us a little bit. And I mean, I've done several interviews where I've had people go, dude, uh, Vampiro, I'm, I'm lucky I found it. I didn't, and one person, I didn't even know it was out, you know, and you have people saying that, well, that's, that's just the lack of having the ammunition. James, if I may ask, um, when you did that Vampiro on the EMP records, that's Dave Ellison's label group. Was he involved at all in any of the aspects of that that album or producing or engineering or well no and see that's that's the problem that's why it, it we when i because see i've known dave for years we've been good friends we toured with megadeth in 1986 when we did remnants of war and um you know basically i really thought for sure because of that connection that would be a little more involved and we thought for sure, I mean, come on, after all the years that we've been around, we've deserved to be like, hey, at least get, have Hellstar do the Texas dates with Megadeth and put us in front right. of those bigger crowds. Ex and, exactly, know, and, I agree. And you have, an, you, have a, you have one of our albums that you would think you would want to, uh, to do that, to sell more records, to make more money. <laughs> so right. I mean, we all I had different visions of it. And then when it all went to like man this is worse than being on afm you know so yeah it was like uh you know i never realized that he's got his hands in so many things um he does and he does so he has nothing to do with the label really i mean it's his label but there's not much he's involved in the only band that he was involved in is that little girl band called Dollskin. that he i don't know why he had this you know he had a he had a vision for them, but, you know, they're not even on the label anymore either. So, well, you, I don't um, know that, yeah, that was kind of a, it, yeah, it was just one of those things, you know. And, and I guess, heck, I'll be honest, maybe I did feel a little stroke of jealousy. Like, dude, you know, we've been around for, what are they going to do compared to us? I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. I mean? Yeah. Being West Band, too. And um, as you said, you toured with Megadeth on the Remnants of War tour. I was wondering if you remember um, you guys were opening up for a band called TT Quick. What tour might have that been? Was it after Remnants or was it th that same tour maybe? Uh, yeah, that was the Remnants of War tour. When, when you opened up for TT Quick? Right. But see, but some of the package was uh, Hellstar, TT Quick, and Megadeth. We only so, got, I believe, in the Rochester area that year, and it was at a weird, a weird uh, place called Art Stocks Playpen North, I think. And yes. it was just you and TT uh, Quick that night. Yes. I have to tell you, um, after we watched you guys and uh, we were getting ready for TT Quick to come on, I happened to kind of just glance over to my left, and I actually was standing right next to you, and I almost shit my pants. Oh. I was just like, oh, and I, I believe Larry Berrigan – might have been out of the, at the bar with you too, but I was just, I remember saying hello to you guys. It was such a great show. And it, I think that was probably my first, um, let's say metal star that I got to meet from a band that had been touring around. I just thought it was awesome. You uh, took the time to say hello and talk to me for a few minutes. And I really appreciated that being a young fan back then. Oh, well, shoot. Uh, yeah. Well, we were always kind of been that way. You know, I mean, I've always believed in the, uh, I don't know. There, you know, there's there's two different ways you can be in this business, and of course, some people disagree with one or the other. Some people say if you're too friendly, dude, people don't respect you. They think you're just a nobody. 
You I, disagree, I would disagree. I think right, that when right. uh, when somebody when any band member takes the time to talk to a fan who's just happy to say hello and to maybe thank you for putting out sick metal and something like that, and you actually take the time, it's not like when anybody's looking to hey, let's go get a, a coke and a slice. It's just uh, we just appreciate it. So I'm more on that. I lean more that way. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I just have the way I was raised. It's it's impossible for me to to be that kind of a rock star. So that that might have not been my calling. If if I had if I had to be a Dave Mustaine or a Gene Simmons to make it even bigger, well then that, I guess that's that's part of the the problem. And I don't care. <laughs> well, uh, James, that's funny that uh, Southern Cal uh, does a little uh, heavy metal flashback because tonight's uh, viewer question comes from Bill the Rager. And he has a story of hanging out with James Rivera. This is Bill from Rochester, formerly of Tampa. Bill writes, I lived on Penberry Lane with Richard Brunell, who used to be in Morbid Angel. James made a lot of friends in Tampa, Jack Owens of Cannibal, and now Six Feet Under. Asked James if, one, he remembers coming to my party on Penberry Lane, but uh, two-part question bill credits his dad for getting him into music in the late 60s and 70s by always having metal playing and whatnot what <laughs> what or who got you into music and what was your first concert you attended bill the rager rochester new york formerly of tampa florida <laughs> <laughs> okay well what got me into music was my brother he wasn't a flower child, but he was into all the music from the 60s. So uh, we he had listened to every Steppenwolf and, I mean, Simon Garfunkel the, and then the Monkees. And he took me to see the Monkees, and that was my first concert. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Bill says his first concert was Elvis in 76, courtesy, oh. of, courtesy of my mom, not too metal, but still classic. So you well, had you had the monkeys. Bill had Elvis. Well, I had Elvis maybe just a, a few years after that. I saw him at the Houston Astrodome when the rodeo came through. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Was that uh, obviously probably seventy five, seventy six? Like, no, it might have been around seventy, seventy one. And uh, you know, I, I don't remember the monkeys very much because of, you know I was I was only eight, I believe, and. Um, I guess just all you hear was a bunch of girls screaming. And uh, and you know what? Here's the weirder part about that concert. The opener was Jimi Hendrix. I didn't even know that. Neither did my brother. He didn't remember that. <laughs> wow, that's that's a heavy metal. That's quite an odd, yeah. Yeah. Quite an odd opener there for that one. Exactly. Well, you mentioned that Hellstar is working on some new material and when when is phase three a new Hellstar? When when is that coming out in the summer? Uh, well, I think the way things are going now, it looks like it's probably going to hit somewhere around. Um, we're shooting for September, but so you have to, you know, see. Here's the thing: you have to remember now. When when I first negotiated with Thomas, we agreed on the deal. This is going to, you know, he, he agreed on my uh, how I wanted to do things. He was totally behind it, a hundred percent. Um, you know, and it sounded good to him. We do a, we do our first single ever with one cover that was supposed to come out in May last year. Then we'll have the EP ready to be released by the end of July when we're going to do a couple of festivals. Then the full album by the end of the year or the beginning of this new year. But now everything's pushed back and, you know, so the single didn't come out till October. The EP, well, now it just got released. So we're thinking maybe September sounds about right for the full album. How much does the possibility or non-possibility of playing live go into all this? Oh, this is all, now that it's all starting now, finally. So uh, that's a good thing. And Are there, uh, are there any plans for you guys to do any touring? Uh, not a, as far as like a, a full on thing, no, but we've got dates already in mind for, um, um, uh, uh, July uh, 10th, 31st, but they're all still in Texas. Also all Texas shows. 
Yeah, yeah, still Texas. And then, um, but nothing like out of the state just yet because we see there's like California wants us. But I mean, the thing is, is yeah, I, you know, we got to figure out, you know, when is that going to be 100% open? That's the problem, you know? Right. So uh, if it wasn't for that, then yeah, we would definitely do that. You know, we're, we're, de- we're dying to get out and trust me, we're ready, you know, but it's, it's I mean, we, we can't do anything until, you know, I mean, we know what's happening, but uh, Houston is uh, finally ready to do a show and San Antonio is ready to do a show and El Paso is ready to do a show. So nice. it's going to start all in July and then uh, into August. So if you do get some plans and things open up a little bit more, um, do you have plans to not only tour the U.S., but do you have any plans to go over to Europe, which I, I know you're um, a lot bigger over there, but it's always nice when we get a nice tour like that here in America, too. Um, well, you see, that again, there's the problem with, the, you know, when are we going to be able to fly to Europe? See, that's wow. that's the thing. That's true. Because we've been, yeah, you know, we've been trying to, to get over there. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think as of right now, you can't even... Yeah, there's nowhere you can go in Europe right now, uh, except for Turkey. And um, trying to think what other country is it you can go into. But uh, unless you have dual citizenship, you know. But I think right now we're limited to uh, just being stuck here. <laughs> have they announced those shows that are going to be being played in Texas? No, they're getting ready to. Uh, just, it, it, it's ironic because... Um, uh we just now got the offers for them and and, and i was surprised that they did it that early because i thought it was going to be longer because you know here's where we're standing right now it's like you know God, here we have an, this ep hellstar is getting all the good nine that that uh is getting all the uh it's getting all the recognition finally everyone's loving this new ep and yet here we're stuck not being able to support it but it's just because of the fact that it's, there's several reasons for that, you know, and it's mainly because uh, on a business aspect, you have, you know, people have to understand. And it's not now it's not all about the money, but I mean, we're a band that barely makes any as it is. OK. And then once you start, you know, when you've got a situation where, of course, Texas is our gold mine, you know, so I'll leave it up. And, and, you know, it's our, it's our gold mine right now. So, well, it was. And, and you know, we get a nice hefty guarantee for Houston and San Antonio and places like that. But what, what was the date again? I'm sorry, on the Houston show. The Houston show is supposed to be uh, July the 31st. Nice. I have a, a rager friend who lives in Houston. I might, have, uh, might be giving him a call, telling him I might be coming to town so I could check this gig out. Oh yeah, dude, that would be great. I would love put to do it guest, if I can. Dude, it will put you on the guest list and uh, you know, you can drink all our booze. Oh my god, I would appreciate <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> so now some of us some of us have uh chicks and ladies that are a little bit more on the older side. If you're into that, you, you know, you you might have a good shot at that too. <laughs> well, I'm, I I yeah, Go ahead. But no, the the thing is is that that was that was a part of the problem was, and you know what? And then before we go any further, I, what I'm going to tell you guys, I love this interview because it's more like having a conversation with buddies instead of the, it's like a robotic thing where some of them are just the question number one, you know, da, 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 da. But anyways, this is cool. So we get to just really bullshit here. So um, it's, uh, you know, so we, when we, like I said, the, the business part of it. So when these, what it is right now is promoters, clubs, fans everybody's took a beating from COVID, so we all have to when we all coming into the game we all have to take a few more beatings so with my tribute bands which i have several of those i have done plenty of shows with that already around here and and i even had to go down to door deals for some of them and even my tribute bands were getting 1500 to a thousand dollar guarantees at some places mm-hmm. so th- the thing is though is that with hellstar after all the years that we worked ourselves up to the point that we are uh, financially uh, for, for gigs and guarantees, you know, if, if we were to bend and do that, what happens is, is that once you go down that hole, you ain't never coming out again. Sure. So sure. exactly. So that's why we had to hold off for so long. And I was just, uh, I mean, 
I almost cried the other day <laughs> when uh, the guy sent me a text and said, hey, is Hellstar available uh, July 31st? And I said, well, and I said, well, what do you mean? And, uh, and then I, he says, let me call you. And it's a you know, regular guy that we work with and who treats us like gold here in Houston. And it's great uh, promoter. And he says, yeah, man, I'm thinking about having Hellstar on the 31st. And when you start dealing with these people that you've been dealing with for years, they don't bother to talk about business aspect. They already know what you expect. So by him calling me, that means, well, ready. I'm ready to take you the way we used to be. <laughs> and I said, that's awesome. God, finally, you know, I'm yeah. tired of doing tribute shows. <laughs> We're talking with James Rivera, Hellstar, new album called Clad in Black is out. James, you touched on the club level touring and Southern Cal and I did a show a couple weeks ago entitled Behind a Metal Curtain, which we had a chance to talk with national and local promoters of different shows. And when we spoke with the local club owner up here in Rochester, one of his concerns was exactly what you were talking about. They don't have the money to make a guarantee because they don't, no. know, they don't know who's going to come to the show. Have you been approached and said, listen, we can't give you your guarantee, but we'll give you the door. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now that I, I did, yeah, it, for several shows, and then, and then I said, well, you know, or, you know, people are, are, uh, how I get around that is, is I put the sympathy on both of us, not just me, not just the band. Like I don't, you know, we know that they took a beating too. So I just say, you know, hey, you know, what do you think about Hellstar playing? And da 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 da. And I'll be like, well, Sharon, um, what do you? What is the capacity there now in San Antonio? I mean, it hasn't been that great. Y'all hit, you got COVID worse than we did. She's like, well, we're at 50%. And, and I go, well, yeah, but you know, uh, do you really think we're, you're going to get in there what you need to take care of us? Uh, you know, like uh, how you're used to. She goes, yeah, I know. I was just wondering if you guys might want to try this. And I go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Sharon. I said, you know, it, everybody's been hurting. And to be honest, let's just wait until you can do it the right way. And we know that you're not going to be, you're, you're not going to be at risk and you know, you're going to have your 350 people in there and we're all going to be happy at the end of the day. Don't you think that's better? She goes, you are right. I was just miss you guys. I want you out of place so bad. And I go, I know Sharon, but man, you know, there's no way in the world that I could demand anything out of you right now. And I'm not going to, because we go back too far and I know you work hard. You lost your ass. I lost mine. And, um, but I know we, you know, we have to be patient here. And, and if you're, you know, cool with that, you know, you, you'll get the first show in San Antonio when everything's ready to go. James, you yeah. talked about, um, let me talk about maybe some of your side projects. One of my favorite side project bands you had was Destiny's End, Breathe Deep the Dark, I thought was just a phenomenal CD that was released. Um, you mentioned um, playing some local with local gigs with your tribute band is that the metal weight project well that's one of them um that's the newest one uh then of course you know i've, I've had the longest standing uh, international tribute band called sabbath judah sabbath you know which uh the uh and it's uh, i've got like what seven chapters in america i even had one in florida i did the brass mug with that uh that's another one that and i have a, I have a do one that's called children of the sea i rarely do anything with that one just because there's like seven 700 do tributes running around and uh and there's the real do bands that are still around you know deals disciples and uh what's the other one um last in line and i'm you know then you go like why go up against all that um which is why i created metal wave because i wanted to do something different than tribute to metal artists because that's becoming really big here in houston it's like in other words it's too many of them now and it's like overwhelming and and you know it's like okay i, don't, I wouldn't want to see the original band that much stop playing every weekend <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but you know now, but, is that like a bunch of uh, local musicians or friends yeah, or people yeah, from yeah, the yeah, business yeah, that you know they're, they're, yeah and they're good musicians and I, and I have a couple i play with a couple of them um, you know, with the Children of the Sea one is a couple of different musicians. And Garrick is the bass player from Hellstar. And it's in the band. Rene Luna, that was on Remnants of War, he's in Children of the Sea. So, it, you know, it's got some cool stuff. The, the uh, mothership of Sabbath, Jude Sabbath, which is the entire Houston lineup, is all from, is, is all of Hellstar. So when you see SJS, you know, in Houston, 
or Dallas or San Antonio or Corpus or any place like that, you're actually singing Hellstar. And we throw in a Hellstar song or two at the end because you can see the, the Kool-Aid smiles on the people's faces when they're thinking like, you know, God, they got to play a Hellstar song. And they're like, are you, are right. you talking like the newer the members that are in the Hellstar band now or former yeah, Hellstar the current, members? The current, the current lineup now. Yeah, the okay. current lineup now is all the, the entire uh, Houston SJS. And what was a beautiful thing about that, the last tour we did in Europe, we got two gigs out of it at several festivals because SJS is also known in Europe because I have four chapters there. Well, the first one was from Slovenia, which they're still around. Uh, I had one in Germany that developed. And of course I had one in Holland and one in the UK. So, and it, SJS got pretty popular in Europe. And I actually was going to Europe just doing SJS shows and, and doing just as well as I was with L-Star shows. So was this maybe, I'm sorry. Yeah, so when when we uh, did the last European tour, which was already two years ago now, uh, certain festivals got wind that that the entire lineup of the the mothership was the entire Hellstar, and Hellstar was booked on these festivals. It's like, hey, what if we have SJS play too? You know, so we got two days out of it. One day doing SJS, next day doing Hellstar. Well, that's that's <laughs> so, a, that's awesome. Double pay. Oh, double pay, and then you know, double having a good time, and double being put up in nice hotels. You know how the Euros do it; they take care of you over there. And uh, yeah, so it, you know that was the that was a cool thing. And, you know, and Sabbath Judas Sabbath has been around for thirty years. I mean, twenty years now, uh, and I've been doing it a long time. And that's where the whole metal wave thing came in. I'm not. I'm. I'm a metal guy, and I I respect that genre. But um, it's a distant cousin of metal, if you will. Tell us about metal wave. Okay, so what metal wave is is especially you well, know, you know, sitting there during the pandemic. What can you do to be creative? Well, I was sitting in front of my computer, and I thought, man, I'm gonna do something different with a tribute act. I'm getting tired of you know trying to book SJS, but the week, the night before that, Judas X is playing, which that's another Judas free tribute in town. And I'm just like, I'm going to do something that nobody has done and nobody's going to be able to follow. And what I did was, you know, I told myself, what is your other passion of music? What is your other music that you're passionate about? Well, a lot of people don't know this. Some of my close friends do know this, but I'm a very, very huge, dark, new wave fan i love the old depeche mode cure uh sisters of mercy psychedelic furs i can go on down the line so now you know where i'm going with this and i said but what if i did that metal and make it more interesting and that's what metal wave is so i do covers of depeche mode the fix the cure uh psychedelic furs sisters of mercy echo and the bunny men and we do it um with like what it tells are with good and it's taken off like a rocket. We, <laughs> people are flipping on it right now because what it is, is I'm combining two generations of the 80s. And I think you can't go wrong with that. And I think a lot of us now that are older um, are just enjoying anything from the 80s because, I mean, uh, you know, this may sound, uh, I may be getting my, I'll be shooting myself on the foot for this later, but if you ask me, dude, the 80s was last generation of really good music then until the late 90s when the metal started hitting again then a lot of great other newer metal bands came out and recaptured all that but for me i mean it, you know oh then yeah to, then to listen to what's out there today on the radio dude just give me you know give me the, the disintegration out by the cure any old day you know and so that's what i ended up doing uh, and the cool thing about the metal wave thing, it, it allows me to still live and breathe the whole vampiro concept. And, and we're so the whole band is kind of, you know, still vampire based. All that stuff was gothic anyways. And so we're playing in front of people that really weren't into metal, but they're into goth and they're all dressed in black and they look dead. You know, I like that. <laughs> we're playing in front of guys wearing our maiden and slayer shirts, you know? So <laughs> you ever get any feedback from, the people that are that were into those bands, like we were into metal, but then they hear you giving it a harder edge. Do they say, "Oh, this is wild"? Or is your fan base the new wavers that that have been attracted to metal wave? It's it's both. 
So it's metal and new waivers. Mm. New waivers that see because you remember back in the eighties. Okay, so uh, here's a funny story. Uh, back in the day, a place called Astor World, which was kind of like Six Flags, and, and and it had free concerts, uh, and major bands would play there. Now during that time period, you go to Astor World, you get your ticket, you go ride the rides all day, and then there's the concert in the evening. Majority of those bands were Duran Duran, The Cure, and Depeche Mode, and so and so, and so and so, and so and so. Okay, but not, I mean, uh, uh, who else was it? The Go Go's and stuff like that. Of course, we don't touch any of that happy new wave stuff. And so one Saturday morning, Larry called me and he says, Hey, man, I got two tickets to Astro World. And I said, All right, cool. And he goes, Man, you get the acid out. I got the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I said, All right, so. Here we go. We're going to go to Astro World. We're both wearing our Venom jackets. You know, we have the, the blue jean jackets with all the patches, and the biggest one in the middle is Venom. Welcome to hell. And we're going to go mess with all those little flock of seagull queers, you know? Yeah, you know? <laughs> so we went to this. We got on rides all day. People were looking at us like crazy because, you know, who are these two weirdos, you know? And uh, we so we finally go to the concert, and here we are thinking that, you know, we're just going to look badass and tough, and, you know, we're going to scare everybody. And we get in there, and it might have been the acid, too. But then all of a sudden, we, we stopped and looked around, and then Larry goes, I don't know, man. Everybody looks more dead than we do. <laughs> <laughs> but before we went, I and I said, he goes, yeah, you know, they have that free concert. We can fuck with all those little new waiver, you know, sissies. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. And I go, well, which band is it that's playing tonight? He goes, uh, you know, that band, uh, People Are People. Oh, Depeche Mode. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there'll be a lot of little nerds in there we can we can pick on. Well, to our surprise. <laughs> so here comes all these people dressed in black, white as ghosts, all looking dead like the walking dead. And then Depeche Mode came on and just blew us away. I mean, it was like seeing King Diamond. And it's just, it was so dark and it just so happened to be the tour called Black Celebration. And um, yeah, when they came out, they had this white sheet in the front of the whole stage and all that was, you could see there was a red light and maybe a green light behind it. And all you saw was these silhouettes. And then the song itself is pretty dark. So man, we just looked at each other. We're like, whoa, we love this. <laughs> Try to rush to the front doing the devil horns the Dave Gahan. Like he's like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. So ever since then, I've been a fan. That time I've been like, wow, some of this stuff is pretty dark. It's different than our music, but it's dark. And and I guess it stuck with me after all these years. Got to ask you, did you feel the same way after the acid wore off? Yeah. I, well, you know, the next day I went and got the, several of their albums. You know, so. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> <laughs> well, that that's awesome because it, like I said at the beginning of the question, it's sort of like the distant cousin of metal. It's the it is you know it's like um, James, we have a fun show segment on Metal Mayhem called the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of Metal. So when we get our rock idols and our friends from the metal world on the show, we like to present with them the Mount Rushmore of metal question. So my question to you tonight is, who would you put on the Mount Rushmore of metal vocalists, seeing that you're a vocalist? Oh. Now, I understand I asked you out of the blue, and, you know, you can go either way with this. The only thing I ask is you go from four to one. Go. Four to one? Yeah, meaning that your fourth favorite down to your number one being last. Oh, geez. You see that? Oh, that's going to that's gonna break my heart. Well, you know, <laughs> and it the, has to the, be, an, it has has to to be, be a metal four, singer. It has to be four. What? No, no, I'll, I'll bend the rules a little. Just your top okay. four singers. Top four singers. Okay, and I started four, right? Yeah. And take your time, you know. You know. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy, I think, in a way. Um, Phil Mog, UFO from UFO, UFO, yeah. Um, Klaus Maney, Scorpions, yeah, yep. Ooh, see, I need five, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah, give you an honor. Okay, you'll use an honor, uh, honorable mention. Okay, there you go. 
uh, of course, uh, Bruce Dickinson. Nice. Ronnie James Dio. Rob Halford. <laughs> it never fails. It's always Dio or Halford. Mm-hmm. Let me say that. Well, uh, that's why they you, earned the name metal. Why he earned the name metal God. I mean, you know, yeah. Your your cover of the Sinner song from Judas Priest on the new uh, release is pretty awesome. I thought you hit uh, that so well. And you could almost tell that he was probably one of your influences for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, know, you, know. you knocked it out of the park on that. It's uh, I love that sound and the song <laughs> when with you singing it just as much as the original. Yeah. You totally no. killed it. Thank you. You know, well, actually, we we uh, I, I did rec- uh, I had it recorded the first time around pretty just almost like the original. But then the more that Larry listened to it back, because he, you know, he produces everything now for Hellstar. He just said, you know, dude, the only thing that I'm missing in this is I'm missing some James Rivera. I don't think people are going to be upset if you add a little bit more of that darker, sinister voice on some things that make sense. So then we went back and re-recorded some of the parts, and then I was like, oh, you know what? You're right. You know, because I think yeah. people are going to dig it, man. Trust me. I definitely like the fact that you put the Hellstar spin on it. It's it's not only a, co- a cover of a great song, but you definitely put that James Rivera Hellstar touch on it, which is, uh, I think, what makes it stand out a little bit. Oh, thank you, guys. And you know what's funny is that when we did those few SJS shows in Europe, well, two of the festivals that we got to do it was, one was Leandes de Rock in Spain, which is huge, and then the, the bigger one is Metal Days in Slovenia. And when we did Sinner, man, people just went berserk, you know? <laughs> Slovenia, what is it like over there? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, dude, it's great. It's actually, um, it's it's a lot more modern than people think. Because, um, you know, they've been part of the European Union for some time now. And that kind of really helps, you know, whip things into shape. I'm very popular in Slovenia, Hellstar in general, but I am in general from Destiny's End to everything that I've ever done. And they even, I mean, I have so, I have so many very close fans and friends that, you know, I even know what my name is in Slovenian, you know, it's Giannis. And uh, this was when I first went there for the first time, I, I was with Vicious Rumors, but the promoter was a big James Rivera fan in general that he came to the show and the bus was parked. And of course, you know, you, stay at the venue and all that but he came intentionally and he goes where's james where's james ah, james you're coming with me i went and had a special dinner with just him and he owned the biggest heavy metal store in Ljubljana, and he took me to the store and said pick out whatever you want <laughs> and i was like wow I, go, well, I want the mannequin she's hot you know <laughs> <laughs> let's touch on your relationship with rochester because hey we used to be known as soccer town usa but we've been proclaiming it and changing it to Metal Town USA. What do you know about mm-hmm. what do you know about Rochester? I don't know. Every time I play there, it's packed. <laughs> you ever make it up to the House of Guitars or Lakeshore Record Exchange? Oh yeah, back in the day when I was, you know, after the Burning Star days, uh, during the Burning Star days when I did that project uh, with uh, Carl Kennedy called the uh, Thrasher. Uh, that's what we did it in Rochester. So I spent you know a week in Rochester, and. Um, yeah, I went and got to go and do all that, but we just played there. Um, 
let's see, I played there with Flotsam and Jetsam about two years ago. And uh, maybe, no, it's been longer than that. Maybe three years ago. Was that and, up at the Montage? Yes, yeah. right. And the owner's really super cool. Man, we had a fantastic crowd. It was huge. Yeah, Randy, and then, Randy Pack up there at the Montage. He does a great job. Yes, Randy is the dude. And then he ended up getting my SJS chapter from Pittsburgh up there for a show. And that was packed. And it was, yeah. So then I guess shortly after that, we talked about bringing it back. You know, it definitely wants Hellstar back. But, you know, then all this stuff happened. And I don't even know if it's even still around anymore. Yeah, it is. It's, oh, good. It's tough, man, because I feel bad. You know, I every week I'm talking with a different musician. And it's the same thing. It's almost like hearing a recording, you know, like, oh, God, yeah, same thing. And, yeah, you just want to get out and, you know, play. And, uh, but, you know, like well, like we were saying earlier, man, promoters, but clubs, they don't really have what it, you know, they can only offer so much. And it's, you know, but, but it's, so it's both everybody taking a risk together. But you know what? In a way, uh, like I said, for the tribute bands, I don't mind bending the rules, but it's all about working together to bring it back to where it was. And if you don't, then, you know, it's not going to happen one way or the other. I agree with the waiting until you can do it right. Um, There's no sense in taking out a crew on the road and um, it's only half capacity and things like that. It's just, I I, I agree on the waiting. Yeah. For Hellstar, that's exactly what, you know, is that made that commitment. Uh, I, you know, I talked to the band about it, you know, at the beginning of the year. So the album's going to be coming out next month, guys. You know, it's looking good, and, you know, the label's loving it. And, you know, are we going to do any of this? And, man, guys, we just can't. We can't do any shows, man. And they understood where I was coming from. You know, and they appreciate it because it's like, hey, you know, James takes care of his family, you know? Like, yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. And next thing you know, you know, sorry. <laughs> we have a platinum album, but we can only get door deals now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, James, let me ask you, what's the best way for people to find you? Um, www.hellstar.com. What are your uh, socials? Right now, all we actually really have is the uh, uh, Hellstar Metal Facebook. And and then also really just my personal page on Facebook is the best way to reach me. I'm on that every day, you know, so um, you just go there and you'll find me. And that's the best way to get in contact with me about anything. I'll have all this on the show notes, listeners. So just go to the MetalMayhemROC.com website. They'll be lined up there. I got to ask you, going back to the beginning, do you remember uh, Bill from Tampa and that party that you showed up at his house? Of course I know Bill. We became really good friends, man. I mean, he was like my buddy, you know, him and Jerry from Diabolic, you know. I mean, uh, like I said, I once I got to tampa i mean i you know i i melted into the brass mug immediately as soon as i moved there and i met all the death metal guys i mean i ended up doing a project with jack owens and paul mazurkowitz we even did an iron maiden tribute called power slayer that she packed the brass mug all the time so i started rubbing shoulders with all the death metal guys you know but it just turns out that yeah and, and he was one of them you know and a matter of fact that we went to a couple of shows together and uh, I would always go hang out with him, and he. Uh, I remember one night he even drove my car because I was like, I think I drank too much, buddy. With the thing, I was hanging out with the cannibal guys, you know. Which, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And we had to drive across the bridge from uh, St. Petersburg because it, it was at the, the show was at the State Theater, and uh, so we, you know, we had to go back to the other side. So I let him drive my car back, you know. That's a great went, venue over there, that State Theater. Oh, Hellstar's done great there. Dude. We played there several times with the new lineup and they love us there you know yeah there's a big supporting over there for the metal scene for sure i i caught uh merciful fate over there on their nine tour and uh nevermore which the guitarist in cannibal corpse had just left that band and uh oh. joined cannibal corpse right paul um, um uh no 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 uh jesus i hung out with him all the time what well, isn't he the okay you're talking about the one that ended up in a lot of trouble yeah, he got in a little bit of trouble uh, like about a year and a half or two years ago. Right, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, Poor I got guy. to meet all those guys, a nice bunch of guys, all from Buffalo mostly. Um, yes. It was a great show, but what a great support base they have over there and fan base for the metal scene, especially uh, oh, the gigs yeah. at that state theater and the brass mug, as you said. 
yeah, and DSI, they got a big, you know, Morbid Angel, all those guys, dude. They're all, you know, very cool people. And the reason why they, they all fell in love with me is because it, it, it all, it, as it turns out, they're really all into old school metal. They just did what they had to do in the 90s to have a little more recognition because, you know, that, that times were changing. But they're all big Judas Priest, Iron Maiden fans. And, and that's what that's how it started is that I went to the Brass Mug when I first moved there. His friend took me there. He said, dude, they have this heavy metal karaoke. And so on Tuesday nights, all the death metal guys are there and, and they're going to love you. And the, the KJ turned in my name and the song. And then when it was my turn to get up and sing, he goes, okay, everybody, listen up. <laughs> and he laughs like that. He goes, we're going to have this guy named James R. And he's going to come up here and do painkiller. Like, you know, wow, really? And then the crowd's like, ooh. Oh. <laughs> but, of course, the guys that knew who I was like, yeah, wait till they see it. <laughs> After that song, every death metal musician, dude, hey, man, Amy, we should think about a project. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool, though. So, uh, John, anything else you want to touch on with James before we let him go? Um, no, actually not. I just wanted to say thank you, James, for joining us and taking the time today at Metal Mayhem ROC. We always appreciate when uh, people like you take the time to join us. Well, unfortunately, the way of the world and the technical world, we weren't able to capture James's goodbye after Southern Cal said goodbye. So, uh, Cal, what's your take on the interview with uh, James Rivera? What'd you get out of it? Um, I really liked it. Uh, informative to catch these guys back out on the road again. It would be great to see them again. Definitely. And hey, we got our invite if we want to go drink some soakers and hang out in Houston uh, on his time. And the offering for some fine Mexican food. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Southern Kale, as always, great work. Thanks for uh, joining me. And we'll look you up real soon. All right. Thanks for nomadic. All right. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. So that's Southern Kale, live from Melbourne. I'm the Vernomatic. This has been Metal Mayhem ROC. And again, uh, stay tuned to Monday nights, the Metal Mayhem live radio show on thatmetalstation.com. And next week, we're going to be doing a special on European power metal. And in the next couple of weeks, uh, Southern Kale and I strike again with an exclusive with Jarvis Letherby of Sirathungal and Night Demon and Michael Gilbert of Flotsam and Jetsam. That's all to come. Again, the Vernomatic Metal Mayhem ROC. Metal for Life. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE-TV Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.